0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, VGW proof, void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. We have made it week 17 stats versus film, the fantasy football championships. You all are still joining us for this show where we take everything that happened over an extended weekend of football. Thanks to the holidays. The tape, the film, we mix it with the charts, with the metrics, with the analytics in the hopes of forming a perfect fantasy football championship lineup for all of you. Hayden, today, we go team by team. The people know. How you feeling?
1: Uh, I'm feeling great. We have Best Ball Mania Championship this uh, next week. Everyone's got their fantasy football finals. Hopefully, you guys played on Underdog Fantasy and made it into one of the the finals, we had, I don't know, like 25 different tournaments this year. And if you didn't make it into any of those, guess what? We have NFL playoffs best ball live to draft right now. And that's why today we're going to kind of go over the like seedings, likelihood of making the playoffs for like the first time. There's a, a little bit of a preview of what to expect in the NFL playoffs as well.
0: Yeah, and typically we open with the Ted Henliner teams. Uh, obviously, the headliner teams right now are ones that are in the playoff hunt. As Hayden said, he has been deep in the lab. This morning and in his eyes, the likeliest playoff seedings at this moment with two weeks left in the regular season. So that's the order we're going to go first in the AFC, then in the NFC, about seven or eight teams for each. That means we kick things off with the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, how could you not? How could you not? A 33-19 whooping on the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, and this is very much a fantasy football show. It's very much an offense show. I don't know if we want to take five minutes to talk about Mike McDonald's defense and what he did to Kyle Shanahan out sure. there, but obviously the quarterback who is now the MVP favorite two touchdowns, 250 yards in the air, 45 yards on the ground and the Ravens at 12 and three are certainly hitting their stride.
1: So the first couple drives that things were really stalling out, which we've seen with the Ravens for a long time. They're very inexperienced at the pass catcher. It's also a brand new offense. But when Lamar Jackson has a little bit of time to throw the ball or when he's creating plays like he did all this last game, that's when this offense can get really special. What I've noticed with Lamar Jackson, he's put on a little bit of weight. And there's a couple times in the pocket where either a blitzing corner or a linebacker gets their big hands on him, and he's able to shed it. And then still obviously so elusive. It seems like these linebackers and safeties at the second level are running as fast as they can trying to catch up with Lamar Jackson. Now that he's like playing a little bit stronger, he can kind of wiggle himself away from things. So obviously doesn't have the same touchdown numbers as most of the MVP guys that we've been used to, but this team is so dominant defensively and on offense, even without Mark Andrews that in a year where no one's really sticking out, I do think it makes sense for Lamar Jackson to be the current favorite. We still have two games left. They play, against the the Dolphins, the number two seed, currently next week. So this is not over for Lamar Jackson, but last night he did play like uh, an MVP caliber guy. And I think the big difference is a couple guys after the catch now with Zay Flowers, for example. But to me, just being able to withhold some pressure in the pocket and shed some of these guys really
0: stood out. And he's done that against two of the top defenses in the league. We talked about it on this very show when they face off against the Cleveland Browns, buying that little extra time, that little separation to make things happen, not necessarily all the way down the field, but even just right in front of him, Mm -hmm. two, five, seven, 10 yards down the field. This tweet from the Pony Express really stood out to me. The Ravens have led at the two-minute warning in 16 games this year. That's every single one. Only two other teams have accomplished that in NFL history. The 2007 New England Patriots, pretty good year. The 1972 Miami Dolphins, also Dang. a uh, pretty good season. So I'm totally with you. The people know that I do not tilt my face off over NFL awards and especially the MVP race. Mm-hmm. And to me, what is now being used against Lamar Jackson for him not to win it is EPA. And EPA to me should be one thing, not everything, right? Mm-hmm. And a few one or two or three yard goal line touchdowns would change Lamar Jackson's EPA per play drastically this season. Um, what you have said of Mark Andrews losing him, Keaton Mitchell, who's an exposed player, losing him. I mean, Ronnie Stanley is kind of a shell of himself at left Rotation. tackle this year. Yeah. Yes, it, it, it has not been good after that ankle injury. And in a first year in this system in a of offense, which actually has shown us, and allowed us to see every single blade of grass, I think, Mm -hmm. attack with Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm so excited to see what they do the rest of the way, because this is a real, real playoff team, that's for sure. Exactly right. Right now,
1: over the last month, Zay Flowers is the wide receiver 17 in usage. We saw a season high in usage for him this last game. I think partially that's because Keaton Mitchell was out of the picture, and they've been scheming some up some things up for Keaton. And now it's obviously going to be going to Zay Flowers more or less. Odell Beckham is out there. The other thing with Lamar Jackson is, I mean, Rashad Bateman dropped a couple of other passes in this one as well. Like he's been dealing with the drops from his teammates the entire season. So that's another thing with the EPA is when the 49ers getting all these yards after the catch and contested, Catches from their skill guys. Lamar Jackson's been dealing with plenty of drops this entire season. Uh, one guy that really stood out to me was Isaiah Likely. There was this one play where he was absolutely torching off the line of scrimmage, catches the ball uh, near the sideline and throws somebody off of him and then burst upfield. So Isaiah Likely, he's no Mark Andrews. He's not not nearly as reliable, but he does bring an explosive part of the picture for Lamar Jackson. And Isaiah likely with Zay Flowers is just a one-two punch that he hasn't had at at the skill group for a very long time, at least since the Marquise Brown trade. So that's all that Lamar Jackson needs because all of the gravity he gets, all those Gus Edwards touchdowns, I just went back and looked, all those Gus Edwards touchdowns have been within the 10-yard line. So these aren't big explosive runs. Lamar Jackson's marched him down the field, and then Gus Edwards has been uh, falling into the end zones. It was Gus Edwards who bounced back with another uh, double-digit expected points game. He's kind of in the RB2 mix again heading into the fantasy finals just because it's
0: only him and Justice Hill. Mike McDonald will be a hot name in coaching circles this offseason. We'll get a head coaching job if he wants it. I think that's Mm -hmm. pretty fair to say. Um, From Edgar here on Twitter, his defense helped Bobby Sloak's offense in the Houston Texans to nine points. Ben Johnson's offense to six points with the Detroit Lions. Obviously last night what they did to Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers unlike anything else. What a team. What a team. And hopefully Cal Hamilton's okay because they use him as a joker piece in the secondary. Okay. We move on to the number two seed projected wise right now in the AFC and a big win for the Miami dolphins. Um, Honestly, it was in those first couple of plays Hayden where obviously the Dallas Cowboys get down to the one yard line. Somehow Tony Pollard does not score very next snap. They get a turnover. Then third Nate in his own end zone. Miami's offensive line gives a little bit of pressure, but still forms a pocket Two is able to step up and then fire like a 40 yard dot to Jalen Waddle down the field. It was a great contest, despite maybe a lower scoring environment that people expected. But the Miami Dolphins top of one of their better opponents this year. That's for sure. They just kept marching down the
1: field. They unfortunately had to settle for more field goals than they wanted to. Otherwise, they would have put up a bunch of points. I believe they were the highest uh, success rate offense in the league this last week. And we saw once again, the Cowboys run defense was a problem for a lot of the game. If Raheem Mostert had not gotten hurt and that's a knee injury, he was ruled that he was able to come back to the game, but he was just completely phased out of the offense. I thought Raheem Mostert was going to have a humongous game. He had three inside the five yard line touches going into halftime. Then he had that injury at the goal line. But what was interesting with this uh, rotation was the addition of Jeff Wilson mixing in there. And I do wonder if they were taking advantage of the defensive tackle that we were talking about with the Cowboys not being out there, where he was actually mixing in a little bit. The hammer at the end of the game was Jeff Wilson. So we've been waiting for Devon Hand to like really like graduate from the like, kind of the role that he's been in. But this month he's the running back 26 in usage. And he didn't even pop off even when Raheem Mostert left the game. All that motion, all the pitches, all that stuff that doesn't really translate as much when you're trying to beat the linebackers and the defensive tackles for the Cowboys. So that was a little bit frustrating for Devon Achan he just hasn't graduated into like that 15 plus touch role. And obviously, even when Raheem Mostert leaves, yeah. it's the more powerful Jeff Wilson that gets a couple more touches.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to spend too much forward into next year, but Achan's is going to be drafted as if he is a 15 touch player next year, you know, and in this one, he had eight opportunities uh Raheem Mostert before his injury as you said had 12 touches and Jeff Wilson had five carries for 21 yards and it's also just to put all this into perspective obviously Tyreek Hill goes out there for 14 targets nine receptions and 99 yards you get grief every single week when it comes to your wide receiver rankings and where you've been placing Jalen Waddle with and without um let's say a fully stocked running game or with and without Mm. Tyreek Hill and in this game Four targets, one reception, fifty yards to go along with one carry and two yards, and it was really that first catch that he had, and then nothing else besides that.
1: This month, he's the wide receiver twenty-two and wide receiver thirty usage. That includes the game with Tyreek Hill not in, where he went off. I will say with Jalen Waddle, like I still love him as a player, but I will say he limps off to the sideline like basically more than any wide receiver. We saw that multiple times. Again, I'm not like taking a shot at at. Jalen Waddle is just like he's ran into a lot of bad luck. And this Dolphins team, it was very cool to see them win this game. It's a big opponent. Dallas Cowboys are a very real team. We'll get to their offense in a second here. But they won this game because Tua on the final drive made a couple of really big key throws here. Tyreek Hill is a difference maker. Uh, But Jalen Waddle has just been a little bit distant in the pecking order of things. And you do wonder if some of these ankle and knee injuries that's kind of been like lingering throughout the season have taken some uh things away
0: from them at least when it comes to consistent play for fantasy. So, Baltimore Ravens 12 and 3 right now. Miami Dolphins 11 and 4. This week, the Ravens go on the road. Let's go. Excuse me. The Dolphins go on the road to Baltimore as these these two teams face off. Um that's deciding the number 1 seed in the AFC, isn't it? And Yeah. Man, that's pretty significant, I think, for the Miami Dolphins and their style of play versus potentially having to go into other parts of the country. And also, Hayden, get a first-round bye.
1: Pretty meaningful. Yes. Very meaningful. Also, the huge test for Miami to kind of stack up against Baltimore just because it's the physicality. When we're talking about Devon A. Chan and Jalen Waldo and Terry Kill and two and these type of guys, more or less like finesse players at home. Could they win in Baltimore? That's what the playoffs are all about.
0: Yep. And we've been really targeting these three games to in some way define the Dolphins season. Obviously they beat the Cowboys at home Ravens on the road next week, then finishing out in week 18 with the Buffalo bills who probably need to win that matchup in order to secure a playoff berth. So um, I'm excited, truly excited to watch it because uh, the dolphins are a lot of fun to watch. And hey, just as we talked about the Ravens defense, we do need to give some credit to the dolphins defense as well. That was
1: going to be my note. This is a, very serious defense yeah. Bradley Chubb's playing better right now Christian Wilkins is out there obviously of Jalen Ramsey and potential shadow matchups uh this defense is why the Dolphins now are a Super Bowl contender where maybe in the beginning parts of the season where they didn't really have this type of unit Vic Fangio's is really putting the pieces together Bradley Chubb's taking a step up and I think this Dolphins team is very much in the Super Bowl mix.
0: I can't wait to see the chess match that Mike McDonald just put on all, obviously everything over the middle of the field, the crossing routes, the pressure that he put on Brock Purdy and how either Mike McDaniel answers that or if Mike McDonald continues to win that matchup because so many other defenses have trouble covering that area, that most efficient area of the field, uh, but not last night. And sure, a lot of that stuff, and we'll get into the 49ers, was tip passes, so on and so forth. But like, hey, you have to create that environment in order for luck to be on your side. Okay, right now, the number three seed, the Kansas City Chiefs. So we go from great and great to, I would say miserable right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. I I mean, Hayden, you simply cannot lose to a team whose quarterback didn't have a single yard in the final three quarters. Uh, That is rock bottom. Like,
1: I, I've said that I mean, about. That's tw- not even possible.
0: <laughs> i said it about twenty times this year, but like to me, this Kansas City Chiefs offense just isn't good enough now, like in its current form, to win the Super Bowl. And so far this season, that has proven to be the case. And I understand that Patrick Ramsey is playing at a super high level. He has in other losses this week, he did not play at a super mm-hmm. high level. Plenty of turnover-worthy plays. He had two turnovers himself, including a pick six. And we've even gone over, obviously, the second half struggles they've had putting points on the board this year. And my biggest question is, like, what is going to magically improve for them for this to turn around? Because this has been truly, despite having the best quarterback in the league, a season long struggle. And again, they have accentuated and highlighted players like Rasheed Rice and allowing him to thrive in, in an environment that he does his best work but we haven't seen steps from either him or others to be different Southern players to take them over the top, in my opinion.
1: Mahomes felt tilted, and I don't blame him on this last one. He seemed so frustrated. We saw Travis Kelsey throwing helmets. We saw Patrick Mahomes yelling at the offensive line. The offensive line was supposed to be the foundation, aside from Patrick Mahomes, of this offense. They've underwhelmed with penalties, and just the tackle play has not held up. And then, obviously, the biggest problem here is the skill group is just not – they're not even just bad. They're also not disciplined. They don't have a yeah. good feel for the game. They're so inexperienced, and to me, that's the frustrating part. Like Mahomes can't even go to like the backside of the play because no one is going to be in the right spot. He doesn't trust any of these guys. That includes Rashid Rice, who uh, did have a season high in usage last last week. He is the wide receiver sixteen, wide receiver eight usage, a fantastic uh, fantasy player right now, but. Travis Kelsey's not as good after the catch. He's not as good as on the contested catch as well, and he hasn't been like the reliable player. He he and Mahomes obviously have obviously have the best chemistry and the freelancing ability. But when Mahomes on third and seven needs to be on the drop back of a step and throw the ball on time, there's nobody that they can trust right now. Justin Watson is maybe the closest thing they have to that, but Justin Watson wouldn't even be on uh, many teams like rotations at wide receiver. So this is just a team that doesn't have. Uh, enough uh, answers to the test right now. And Mahomes, he's still leading the NFL in scramble yards, all that stuff. But you don't want Mahomes scrambling. You want him throwing the ball downfield and just they have nobody to win.
0: This team has nine wins because of Patrick Mahomes in this defense, right? And so when the defense can't get off the field because they can't stop running plays, and then when Patrick Mahomes, as we talked about, throws a pick six and has another turnover and some other erratic throws. And again, that's what's going to equal 14 points here. Um, I'm with you, like, Patrick Mahomes, everyone always thinks of the out-of-structure stuff, the Houdini-esque stuff. But what makes him really special is how he has that in his back pocket, but also how he's so consistent in phase and on script. And as you just said, the wide receivers struggle to create separation in the system, in rhythm, and then struggle with their communication out of phase, right? Off script. And that's just like an awful combination when you have a quarterback that can do both. And obviously he's trying to elevate. Um, I don't know, man, maybe I'm being too harsh on them, but this is kind of, you know, this I've I've consistently held this belief because I just don't know what lever they can pull to magically fix things. Yeah, it just Mahomes will have to play like an absolute freak in the playoffs,
1: which I'm not uh, ruling out, but it's just much harder totally. this year versus the previous years.
0: So now, obviously, spending this for fantasy because he is the most consistent piece right, right now. Rasheed Rice is finishing this season, mm-hmm. despite, you know, just six receptions for 50 yards, as to me, a must start flex player, um, because, again, when he is on the field. They are manufacturing touches for him. And when he's been on the field, that has jumped from, you know, 40% up to like 80 to 90%.
1: Pacheco was the other must start uh, aside from Travis Kelsey. He leaves. It was CEH out there. Jarek McKinnon's not coming back right now. Uh, Kadarius Toney's hurt. Sky Moore's hurt. So the depth of this team, if there was depth at all, they're really being kind of phased out. So like players like Justin Watson and DFS and stuff would have a chance here. Um, hopefully Pacheco is out there, but even Pacheco, man, like runs really hard, makes some splashy plays certainly, but I still don't think he's a consistent player in the ground game as well, just because of his vision. So no answers to the test. Kelsey's not going to get younger all of a sudden either. So uh Mahomes, I, I hope you can scramble your ass off in the playoffs.
0: Okay. As you can tell, we are on the road. I apologize for my microphone, the echoey room. I apologize for being a bit chaotic here because it just had the laptop, but I appreciate you watching. You guys have really supported this show, especially all season long. So let's continue it. Let's continue it. And we move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Hayden. Somehow, still, the number one team in the AFC South. That means they would be the fourth place team and own a home game in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Now, Trevor Lawrence with an AC joint injury. Man, do they just like... They need to sit him, but they can't sit him. And this one felt like it was a really bad situation with some really miserable interceptions that once again, just as we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs seemingly came down as Doug Peterson suggested to a bunch of miscommunications.
1: Jacksonville, the Colts and the Texans are all eight and seven. The Colts and Texans will get to them in a second. They play each other in week 18. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a little bit of an easier schedule to get there, but they also have the uncertainty with Trevor Lawrence and by the way, Trevor Lawrence is just not the same player right now. Like He's missing way too many passes. It's very similar to kind of what the, the Patrick Mahomes thing. The offensive line has underwhelmed. and It seems like they can check the ball down to Evan Ingram. Calvin really is a 50-50 threat on the perimeter. But aside from that, the Parker Washingtons, Agnews, Tim Jones, a guy named Elijah Cooks popped in there for a couple Massive of Massive dude, by the way. Yeah. Massive. Hi, <laughs> I'd never heard of that dude. Uh, came out of the nowhere. The worst short yardage rusher In the NFL, in in terms of success rate, this year is Travis Etienne. Some of that's not his fault because of the offensive line. Some of it is his fault. And it's the same issues that this team had for most of last year as well. And on top of that, no Christian Kirk, no Zay Jones, an injured Trevor Lawrence. So I think this team could easily get upset with one of these two last remaining games. They currently have the tiebreaker over the Colts and the Texans. I'm not even convinced that they are even better than those teams straight up with this roster right now. So, uh, underwhelming
0: team, and they're capable of being upset by basically anybody in the league. Despite finishing with a great day, and I mean a great day for Calvin Ridley, um, it was six receptions, 90 yards, and two scores. I don't think he caught a pass until the third quarter, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, I asked one longtime friend. uh, His name is Eric Stoner. Hopefully some people out there know him if he feels like this team needs to lock up Calvin Ridley for the long term after this season, and he objectively said no, like, and I asked him why Hayden, because to me, Calvin Ridley is obviously like a really talented player. And he says right now, this receiving core has too many pieces with overlapping skill sets. And I understand that from like what Calvin Ridley can do well in terms of crossing routes. We've highlighted those quite a bit. Christian Kirk, similar. Evan Ingram. Obviously, that's where he does his best work horizontally. And that this team is in dire need of an outside X downfield style playmaker. Uh the issue is like those are difficult to come yeah, by. Good so luck. like, yeah. Do you do you let someone with the talent of Calvin really go, despite him not being exactly what the perfect fit is and obviously being super productive here um, because you already have these other talents on your roster? I don't know. I don't know. But I I, I would be, I would be shocked. If Calvin Ridley is playing elsewhere uh this offseason, let's put it that way. Remember part of the trade
1: details, if they sign Calvin Ridley to a long-term extension, that goes from I believe from the third round pick to a second round pick down for Atlanta. And then I think the kind of easiest way to do this would be a franchise tag with Calvin Ridley. Uh keep in mind, this is a player looking for his first long-term contract. And he's gonna be 30 years old. It's just yes. like part of like declaring uh or being an older uh declare, and then obviously with the suspensions involved as well. I think that Calvin Ridley that kind of ran that that fringe of being like a true number one or kind of a downfield specialist number two Um, just hasn't been as consistent. But this entire offense hasn't been as consistent. Too many penalties, too many wide receiver screens, too many negative plays. They can't run the ball in short short yarded situations. So a lot of it has just been prayers to Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk downfield. They are actually a consistent player right now. It's freaking Evan Ingram,
0: who's the tight end one in usage by a country mile. Uh, It makes total sense now that Christian Kirk is on the sideline, that Evan Ingram is the one flourishing. Because to me, again, we talk about overlapping skill sets. Those are almost Venn diagrams on this roster. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. I love our audience. Love the commenters. Just as we talked about at the top with Jalen Waddle, I would say the running back version of that for you right now, Hayden, is Travis Etienne. And in this game, six carries, 12 yards, three receptions, 19 yards. You highlighted the fact that just if we focus on short yardage, they've been abysmal on it this year. Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, highlighted that heading into last offseason, all during last offseason. They made a draft pick in Tank Bigsby and hoping to fix that. And Tank Bigsby just was not ready to play during his rookie year. My radar and my eyes are going to be wide open to see if this team even signs like a C-tier veteran just to bring some stability mm-hmm. to that department, a la like the Texans did, you know, with Devin Singletary. For example, Yes. Someone like that, because um, this will be two straight off seasons where it's the same talking points. And you know, that they want to fix that heading into next season, the fifth seed, the Cleveland Browns. And why not? <laughs> why not? Because one of the most fun watches every single week. Yes. Right now is the elite Joe Flacco. Hayden. I mean, the first play of the game, a 40 yard shot to a Mark Cooper, even the third and four on the next drive, he drops his eyes he's in the grasp, he spins around, he frees himself, he hits Cedric Tillman for six yards. I mean, it's so far from perfect when you watch Joe Flacco play right now. But to me, it's very clear that like in the rhythm, in the structure of the offense, he is doing things that no other quarterback on this roster has done with Kevin Stefanski so far. And then the out of structure, despite being 40 years old type of stuff, somehow it's connecting quite often despite a few interceptions. He's letting him play. That's what
1: it is. And Amari Cooper said that he loves playing with Joe Flacco because he gives him opportunities. Amari Cooper, obviously, very confident, as he should be. His releases at the line of scrimmage are truly special, and he's been a contested catch guy as well this year. This was the play right here. This was a fourth and eight, I believe, where Joe Flacco somehow gets to the backside under pressure, just throws the ball up, and Amari Cooper gets his toes in for a first down. Like, everything is clicking for the Browns on offense right now, and for fantasy purposes – It's been completely fantastic. Amari's the wide receiver one this month on wide receiver two overall usage. The Browns remain the most pass-heavy team in neutral situations (laughs) at 65% this month. That is absurd. And the thing that sticks out on tape for me, by the way, this offensive line is completely battered. Joe Flacco is just making throws in the pocket. Joe Flacco might be the biggest guy I've ever seen. Like He looks like Bigfoot out there in the pocket, and that's been very helpful because this offensive line is getting pushed back and he's able to stay in there and deliver strikes downfield to Amari Cooper, so uh, when they're just kind of playing this high, highly volatile offense downfield, the ground game has been pretty inconsistent, and you have this defense, which is, if it's not the best, it's the second best in the league. Right. This is a, a legit playoff team and I've enjoyed every second of it.
0: I have too. Think of how many different phases and eras of the Cleveland Browns team we have witnessed this season when, you know, it opened with Deshaun Watson, didn't go great, then obviously we get multiple injuries, we saw DTR one time, we saw PJ Walker, now Joe Flacco's been in there, and again, despite another two interceptions in this game and one towards the end of the first half, which, let's not count, and other multiple interception games, Hayden they have actually been on like the right side of variance a lot and they're running hot but like I don't want to just focus on that necessarily it truly is like again another 42 attempt performance from Joe Flacco like this is the offense I think this is who Kevin Stefanski wants to be and whether it's been with Baker Mayfield whether it's even been with a semi healthy Deshaun Watson uh he has not been able to do this and I am also very aware of what could happen this off with like because they have to bring Joe Flacco back despite what their cap situation is going to be like.
1: Yeah, they have they're way under the cap or way above the cap, I should say. And Joe Flacco is a free agent. Obviously, they can't get out of Deshaun Watson's contract. So this will be a very interesting off season. But they have very real playoff games to be a part of before we even get to that conversation. Uh, David and Joku remains an absolute superstar. Tight end two and tight tight end two overall usage. Cream Hunt. He converts the goal line opportunity, and this one remains one of the best short yardage rushers in the league. He's just so freaking huge and physical at this point. So they've got this like, kind of like layered offense, and on top yep. of that, this team has ran the most plays in the NFL. It's pace, 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 and that is not the type of offense we were expecting going into this offseason under a completely different Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson-led team. This right. is era number three or era
0: number four. Now, just in the last three games, let's say the Flacco era, right? The the Jaguars, the Bears, the Texans, those defenses are quite different than the New York Jets defense that he faces this week in primetime. Yes, in primetime. So, uh, I'm excited, man. As soon as he gets like a towel on what the coverage is going to be, as soon as he gets a leverage advantage, he rips it. And... I mean, Amari Cooper has been one of the best stories this season. He's still so good. Such a sensational player. Okay. Uh, And yes, after the Jets, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. So these are like two playoff games in a row for the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Next, after that, the Buffalo Bills. Currently the sixth seed, as you put it in your tweet, 90% to make the playoffs right now. What do you want to say about the Buffalo Bills as we head into week 17?
1: Josh Allen is the quarterback one in fantasy, had another fantastic game rushing in this uh, red area as well. That just does not mean fantasy production for basically anybody else that we can count on. Obviously Gabe Davis, he gets deep downfield for that huge play for a touchdown. Gabe Davis, obviously better in best ball, but Steph digs. I mean, my goodness, I mean, you're, you're already eliminated with Steph Diggs, which we don't even really have to talk about this. He's been the wide receiver 66 this month on wide receiver 29 usage. They've wow. been way more balanced. Right now you can see Buffalo. This is probably the lowest uh, Buffalo has been in neutral pass rate. Uh, they're bottom 10 uh, over this month with, uh, obviously, the offensive coordinator going to James Cook. But then this week, Mr. Leonard Fournette gets in there. And it wasn't just garbage time Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was like playing meaningful snap. Uh, Throughout this entire game, and obviously James Cook had one of his worst games in a long time because of that. So really good team, really good defense, uh, like really well coached defense, I should say. Josh Allen's been a freak, but there's no like trusted player in this offense right now. And I can't remember the last time we talked about Steph Diggs in a positive manner.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously Steph opened the season with five or six games on a total tear, but. As you said, that was when this team was not necessarily balanced. And we have seen them, since the play caller change, try to be more balanced. And I'm with you on for Fournette having five carries for 20 yards. We still did get 20 carries for James Cook, who, when they drafted him, were citing that they missed out on J.D. McKissick. You remember that saga? Yeah. And for agency, when he gave them his word and then went back on it, then they make the deal, obviously, for Naeem Hines, and they wanted to use him in that capacity. And obviously, there we we typically don't see players. And he was 199 pounds or something like that at the combine. So like, he just had to eat two cheeseburgers, and he'd be over 200. But we typically don't see, you know, running backs escape the. Oh, you're a passing down player, and that's about it. You're a satellite back. But it's clear that James Cook has transcended that level in the eyes of either the front office, the coaching staff, or both, on the Buffalo Bills. And so I think we do need to give credit to that when it does happen. Sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Leonard Fournette did get the only inside the five yard line uh, touch here. Fournette was out there for the two minute drill going into halftime. He was also the the kick returner. So I think Leonard Fournette is going to be like a part of this offense during oh. the actual NFL playoffs. So just get get mentally prepared for that.
0: Patriots and the Dolphins, the final two games here for the Buffalo Bills. Okay. One last one. And as of now, that is between the Houston Texans and the Neapolis Colts for the seven seed. We will kick that off with the Houston Texans, a another game without CJ Stroud. I think Hayden, he is expected to be back this next week. Nico Collins did return in this game. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of returns, uh, Damian Pierce made his biggest impact of the season on a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, but things just do not hit as well right now no. with obviously case Keenum at quarterback and not CJ Stroud.
1: Nico Collins made a great play in the end zone to save his fantasy outing here. But this team is just cooked until CJ Stroud gets out there. But thankfully, they will get CJ Stroud back in there this week, most likely. Devin Singletary, he lost some snaps late in the game, but he was out there for most of the snaps. I do think that Devin Singletary will be a more trusted RB2 in the fantasy finals with CJ Stroud back out there and then players like noah brown and dalton schultz have chances to get back out there just case keenum simply not good enough that's why they went to davis mills late in the game so uh what's going to happen with the texans is they play in week 18 against the colts it's not exactly as simple as this but more or less winner goes to the playoffs in that one as well if they win out right here they'll be in the playoffs so destiny is in their hands right now uh they just need cg stroud to get back out there
0: Yeah, and if somehow you did make the finals with Nico Collins, um, they face now the Tennessee Titans, who two weeks ago with Case Keenum, they had like that last second comeback to win. I believe it was an overtime. Um, And we talked about it prior to that week that, hey, Noah Brown faces the New York Jets. Uh, It is much easier to create separation against the Tennessee Titans secondary than it is the Jets. The same could be said for Nico Collins this week. Um, Much more difficult to create separation against the Cleveland Browns secondary than it will be this upcoming week against the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Should we just talk about the Indianapolis Colts then too? Yep. Real quick. Okay. Let's do it real quick. Uh, Gardner Minshew to me is a no, no, no. Yes. And a yes, yes, yes. No quarterback (laughs) when I'm watching him, (laughs) uh, no Michael Pittman in this game. Hopefully he does return. It was a, not a late scratch per se, but he was trending towards playing and then got symptoms again. Um, I threw out the idea that, hey, maybe that means we see more Kylan Granson. And, Hayden, it's legit. We actually saw more Kylin Granson. We saw lots of Kylin Granson. We,
1: we saw a lot of Josh Downs. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to anything. I think Downs had like 10 targets in this one, but only 39 yards. It's just – this team needs Michael Pittman. He's like very clearly their best offensive player. Jonathan Taylor was out there for his typical huge volume. Just the Colts couldn't really move the ball. Here's your guy, Kylan Granson, that did pop up here. So um, this is a team I think is like feisty with Michael Pittman, but and they're very well coached. But I think of the three teams, if I had to choose which one I would least want to face in the NFL playoffs, to me, it would be the Texans. They they seem the scariest to me at this point. I think the Colts are kind of a tier beneath them, but they still certainly have a chance to be in the NFL playoffs, and that is a really big case for Shane Steichen, the coach of the year conversation, just because this team without Anthony Richardson, we were, most people were kind of riding this team off, and they've totally. gotten the most out of a lot of these players, and like including like the Zach Moss kind of stretch.
0: Yeah, they do have the Las Vegas Raiders, who we know what their game plan is going to be. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then, as you said, week 18 against the Houston Texans. Just quickly on the Texans, a, a i think a big factor in their loss defensively and maybe how they were a step down as what D'Amico Rines has put out there in the field this year is no Will Anderson and no Jonathan Grenard out there for a bunch of spots. So, uh yeah, Joe Flacco had his time. Okay, should we do the NFC version of this, Hayden? Let's do it. Okay. Still, the number one seed in the NFC is the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy, four interceptions. That leads to, other than a big X factor to start with, George Kittle, uh, a difficult day at the office for this entire 49ers team.
1: So just to go over like the four interceptions, the first one I thought was the worst. He was trying to fit a ball into Debo Samuel after coming off of a first read. And he didn't have the arm strength. I thought he was a little bit late to it. And he threw a pick right to Kyle Hamilton. There was two other kind of deflected passes. Uh, one was on a corner blitz where Brock Purdy was like kind of figuring out like when he should release the ball to Debo Samuel. That ball gets deflected. But that was kind of like an, an earned interception in my eyes because Brock Purdy was very indecisive with that. Uh, another interception was probably the the least of his problems. A right tackle gets beat. He was trying to get back to the backside check the ball down to Christian McCaffrey. By the time he got there, the ball was tipped for an interception as well. The whole system was just kind of out of whack. Brock Purdy, there was another one where he was trying to go back. Uh, There was a simulated pressure. He was spooked, scrambled around a little bit, and then threw a a pass that we really haven't seen Brock Purdy try to attempt across his body for another interception. This is just Mike McDaniel giving lots of different looks In this one, a very physical team that can actually tackle players like Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle. And Brock Purdy just had uh, a really bad game. I thought all four of those interceptions were pretty bad uh, by him. So, uh, obviously, they're still the best team in the league or right there with the Ravens. Uh, They will have better games. I think that the Ravens defense just matches up with this offense better than what the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Lions will So I think it was just a bad matchup, bad outing for him. And then uh, Lamar took advantage.
0: I put out a post saying, I want these two teams to play again in the Super Bowl and was met with a whole bunch of why this is a blowout. It's never going to be a good matchup, so on and so forth. I want to see it again. This is the Super Bowl matchup I want to see because it is both on offense and defense two electric, explosive, playmaking sides that have different components that also work and they do things obviously differently than each. And again, if they play a second time, I'll wager anyone that, you know, Brock Purdy doesn't throw four interceptions.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll wager that the 49ers will be favored over the Ravens yeah. if they are, are in the Super Bowl. Now I, I do think that the, the matchup advantages and Mike McDaniel having like knowing the system and stuff, I do McDonald. think Donald Mike McDonald, sorry. Uh, they will like make this thing very close. Um, yeah. Yeah, Brock Purdy. It just like showed him the limitations once his game got out of hand. A lot of like the the schemed up looks kind of just are much harder to find. They're really keying in on those things, and then it's harder for Kyle Shanahan to come back from behind. So this is just like the worst nightmare for Brock Purdy. I think this kind of this game shows why he's like not the most valuable player in the NFL, despite the the numbers that he's been posting up with. And
0: they'll have better outings. Have you seen that? Stat where Kyle Shanahan is like over 37 or whatever yeah, I saw uh, by losing by eight plus points heading into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean anything to you? Because like my comment would be, okay, if he was like five for 32, you mm-hmm. know, it wouldn't be that much of a difference. But I'm sure that there are obviously plenty of other coaches that have a much better figure and number heading into that same situation than he does and I, I i don't know the answer necessarily
1: he's slightly worse than the league average only mahomes yeah. is good at coming back from those and even hit i think he has like a 30 percent winning percent uh, percentage when he's tra- down by 14 points yeah i think he also has had like jimmy g's and the brock totally. purdy types and stuff and like those guys aren't scrambling those aren't like downfield throwers and stuff despite Brock purdy's numbers so just a little bit more difficult here, but obviously like you can't march down the field on that George Kittle, uh, yards after the catch play and then throw an interception. Like those, you lose games when you throw red zone interceptions, especially against, uh, Lamar Jackson's offense,
0: the two seed right now, the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) I mean, the NFC feels like a different conversation coming off week 16, Hayden, than uh, (laughs) the NFC. That is for sure. I mean, the Eagles just don't look right. They don't look it. Uh, I mean, Jalen Hurts did not target the middle of the field like one single time this week. That seems to be a running theme here uh, that we keep talking about. However, they do pull it out 33-25 against the New York Giants. And counting stats-wise, Jalen Hurts over 300 yards. Obviously, he gets that rushing score. Mm -hmm. Once again, to me, I know he went down a couple of times, but we finally saw an explosive and make-you-miss version of DeAndre Swift that I feel like we've been missing the last handful of weeks.
1: Definitely did see the kind of boom bust running style turn into a uh, actual touchdown or actually or he had one touchdown, but like that should have been a touchdown, but just explosive yeah. games uh, throughout the entire game. My big takeaway for the Eagles is this game could have been a complete blowout if it wasn't just for a couple of high highly volatile plays going in the wrong direction. In my opinion, I thought Jalen hurts scrambling and just in the pocket, felt better than he had previously with his knee. And it's been now like over a month since like the worst of it. Hopefully by the time this team actually gels for the playoffs that he's like fully healthy. Cause that does make a huge difference. There was also some times where I saw Jalen hurts bail from the pocket a couple times times uh, for fantasy purposes, Devonte Smith. He did have the big play, but his usage is still down. Once again, following that trend with and without Dallas Goddard, uh AJ Brown will have even bigger days than the one that he had, uh, I believe down the stretch. But I really do think if Jalen Hurts can actually get fully healthy, they have Dallas Goddard, they have their three uh pass catchers. I still think this team has enough to gel out there. I just wish that Jalen Hurts wouldn't bail from the pocket as much as he
0: has this season. They did go through that rough patch, obviously losing the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks to end it. They have the Giants, then the Cardinals and the Giants again. As we talked about the AFC, being the number one seed is a pretty significant advantage if they can do that. But that's going to be a difficult one. Yeah, and even A.J. Brown, as we discussed with Jalen Waddle, like, it felt like he was getting up slowly after every single catch, target, contact, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, it it's so fascinating to me how we talked about the Eagles this year and how they were able just to piece... First quarter, second quarter, third quarter together last season, and maybe this is one of those teams. Like this is a different conversation to me, Hayden, than obviously the Kansas City Chiefs, and obviously thirty-three points is much different than you know mm-hmm. fourteen or whatever it is. But I can see how this team flips the switch yep. and plays at the same lights-out level that they did last year. I can't see that happening with Super Bowl winners and the Kansas City Chiefs from last season because the Eagles have
1: a lot of good players. Yeah. Know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is fair. Okay. Your projected three seed for the NFC is none other than the Detroit Lions. Let's talk about them. What do you want to say about the Lions this week?
1: When they have a healthy offensive line and Jared Goff's comfortable, this team's offense is out of control. We saw it with uh, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. David Montgomery scores a touchdown, and I'll pull the chart up uh, in a second here. He was about to go completely off. He was checked for a concussion in the middle of the game, and then Jameer Gibbs completely takes over in that third quarter here is really weird to see a uh, running back chart that looks this drastic from the first half where David Montgomery is getting all the early down work. And then Jameer Gibbs, he gets his own uh, two or the five yard line touches after dominating that entire third quarter. Then David Montgomery cleans up when the game is out of hand, obviously huge shout out to Dan Campbell, the lions for uh, winning the division for the first time since I've been a live, um, but yeah, J- Jameer Gibbs super explosive. Obviously, completely deleted that uh corner uh with that jump cut. And oh, then man. David Montgomery is super physical, so it's kind of like a good team with like physicality in the trenches and with David Montgomery, but like Jamison Williams and Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ross St. Brown to do enough of the finesse stuff. So, this team's offense, no concerns with the defense, still has me some worried against the best. Uh, offenses in the league, but this team, if they get hot at home could put up 35, 40 points in the playoffs, no problem.
0: Love some of the wrinkles that Ben Johnson threw out there. And oh we've God, seen yeah. so many other offenses when facing a Brian Flores defense, whether it be a five man line or pressure looks or stacked boxes, check into wide receiver screens. Um, it was like in the second quarter, first and 10 up 10 to seven, I mean, he hands up the ball off and shotgun to Dave Montgomery, and then it's just two wide receivers on the left side, and obviously the safeties rotate kind of down, Mm -hmm. and then Dave Montgomery purposely pitches it out to um, Amon Ross St. Brown out in space, and I can't tell you, because I am not Ben Johnson, why he would make that call, but if I can just try to zoom out and think of it as like chess pieces or something of the sort, it's – okay, this is our answer to you. We know that there's going to be space on the outside. We can call this anytime you want to. So Brian Flores, be on your heels because we have an answer mm-hmm. to what your tendency is.
1: Yeah, and the, Jared Goff just throughout the entire game, despite the Brian Flores game that he had down in Miami a couple of years ago, handled pressure well, and they just got everything going. But yeah, start of the game was just Jameer Gibbs after the catch out in space, uh, used differently than David Montgomery, but the spin moves, the jump cuts, all that stuff, uh, completely electric was a fantasy league winner uh, this last game as well. So uh, if they have a lead, both guys can get home, and negative game script is Jameer Gibbs, and then David Montgomery can certainly score two touchdowns and pave the way. Right now, Gibbs is the running back seven on running back 20 usage this month. David Montgomery running back 18 on running back 22 usage. So both of them are at worst RB2s, um, and Jameer Gibbs nearly scored that touchdown on that one as well. So, uh, shout out to Jared Goff, getting things done uh, against a defense that has given him trouble. Um, did not look uh, so bad out there this time.
0: And to your point on Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, um, believe Dave Montgomery with like five minutes left in the second quarter, had a head injury. He was being checked on, I think for like almost the entire third quarter and was cleared for it coming back in. So again, this is a backfield that if both are active for this game, uh, I want both in my lineup. Potentially, I'd love Jameer Gibbs as a player. He is so much fun to watch moving forward and call me a traditionalist. But this year, as we talked about with defenses, with some of the top teams running games like the Detroit Lions, I love that that is now an edge that teams can have versus um, the in spaceness that we have seen over the NFL over the last few years. Four seed in the NFC right now, projected wise, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Please, oh, please represent the NFC South. Uh, One of the most fun offenses to watch in the NFL at this time had 30 plus points on their opponents uh, with like five minutes left heading into the third quarter.
1: Just so explosive. I mean, Mike Evans, I mean, holy crap. He does it again in this one. He looks like a giant. He plays way faster than his size would indicate Baker Mayfield is a perfect quarterback for him. Just let him go up and make some big plays. I mean, that's, that's some serious bend for a guy that's like six, five, So uh, this team, all they have to do is win one of their next two games. It's a very easy schedule against the Saints and the Panthers. Just win one of them and then they win this division. I think they're by far the best team in this division because of Mike Evans and then Baker Mayfield's ability to just go give him a chance. I mean, look at that play. So he's still a top 10 receiver in my eyes. He's been a top 10 receiver this month. Uh, Rashad White, RB4 and RB5 usage. He's been Mr. Reliable Uh, because he's a bell cow. We don't really have many of them in fantasy right now. But really, just like Baker Mayfield throwing the ball up to Mike Evans is like
0: truly like all this offense needs to be a a league average one. Because I like to spin things forward, do you think a Geno Smith-esque contract for Baker Mayfield this offseason makes sense? That is – Probably the
1: going rate for what Baker Mayfield. Yeah, 30, 25, 30 million dollars. And that doesn't options. necessarily prohibit
0: you for finding a quote unquote quarterback of the future if you want to, just as Geno Smith and the yeah. Seattle team was discussed and linked to a few in this past NFL draft.
1: Yeah, like a Bo Nicks on day two with Baker Mayfield yeah. on a two-year option contract. It's probably pretty appropriate. Then Mike Evans certainly not going anywhere. There's no. Tampa Bay is gonna
0: put get the Mark Cuban DeAndre uh Jordan uh clamps on them. Yeah, I mean, there have been some contract year performances in the past. And uh, Mike Evans this year is mm-hmm. is up there for sure. This is such, to me, a confidence and streaky-based offense. And Baker Mayfield has been that throughout his entire collegiate and professional career. And right now, they're just like in a flow state. Like they're in the zone. And when they play with this level of confidence. And then, again, to me, this offense started extremely vanilla on first and second downs at the start of the season and would kind of get tricky and cool on third downs. Um, Dave Canales has obviously grown into his spot as the season has gone along. But it's been super solid throughout the entire season for them. I mean, Canales, it's
1: Geno Smith, the quarterback coach, and now OC here with Baker Mayfield. I mean, is he going to get some
0: head coaching looks? It's, it's It's a great question. Okay, next, the five seed right now projected by you, the Dallas Cowboys. Man, it was so close against Dolphins. Dak Prescott played one heck of a game. Tony Pollard still has the force field around the end zone, and CeeDee Lamb still one of the best out there.
1: I thought Dak Prescott had an MVP caliber game. There was a couple plays where he was going, looking towards his left, defender in his face, then finally sees, I think it was Jalen Tolbert, like 50 yards downfield. Basically, there's like four or five quarterbacks that even have the ability to scan the field all the way to the backside and throw it downfield under pressure. Dak Prescott completes that one. There was times where he was scrambling, which has been a new thing. It's been a couple of seasons since we've seen Dak Prescott scramble here. But the difference was Dak Prescott was under pressure on 49% of his dropbacks. If you have Tyron Smith out there, there was a couple times where uh, the left tackle, a USC alum unfortunately, was just like not blocking the edge rusher. Like I couldn't believe it. There was somebody else was coming down. He would slide in, he would slide the wrong way. And Dak Prescott was just taking huge hits now, Dak Prescott is super poised. He still had that basically game-winning touchdown to Brandon Cooks uh, after a, another penalty in sack on that drive. But the defense can't hold the ball for Tua uh, in the fourth quarter. They lose the game. I, thought, I still think Dak Prescott belongs in MVP conversations. We'll see how the season closes out here. I thought this was a fantastic game from him, but the offensive line couldn't hold up. And then Tony Pollard, uh he got his both of his legs in he got both butt cheeks in but somehow the ball didn't go in and that's been the story of the season tony pollard's been bottom three in short yardage success rate and they went to a fullback who fumbled it they went to just shotgun they went to passes this is the one weakness of the offense they can't run the ball in short yardage right now
0: they are still what 10 and 7 10 and 5 on the season uh the Detroit Lions are up next. That's also in primetime. And then at the Washington Commanders to close it out. I mean, Hayden, if we just look at the playoff seedings, I know that they aren't going to win their division here. But the five-seed Dallas Cowboys facing off against the four-seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as the number suggests right mm-hmm. now, um, that is obviously the e- easiest playoff draw you can have in the first round.
1: Well, also, just like for MVP conversations, probably too late because they've lost these games. Dak Prescott against the Lions in the Commanders season. have. Right eight touchdowns so like don't count him out when we're if we want to sort by epa and stuff to crown mvps Dak prescott will certainly have a case by the end of this i know they lost but he was truly fantastic in this one again okay
0: the numbers would suggest that right now the sixth seed in the nfc the los angeles rams as you put it 87 percent chance to get in if they win over the new york giants man matthew stafford continues with his arm angles with everything that they bring to the table. It was a 30 to 22 victory over the new Orleans saints. Um, I mean, Puka Nakua Puka Nakua 11 targets, nine receptions, 164 yards and one score. I think he needs something like 140 yards over the next two weeks to eclipse Jamar Chase's rookie record for his first season.
1: Yeah, it sounds about right. He's, If CJ Stroud has a couple of meltdown games, I do think that Puka is live for rookie of the year. If if CJ Stroud didn't exist, Puka would be a slam dunk rookie of the year. I think the conversation really should be, is he a top 10 real life NFL wide receiver? He makes some ridiculous plays after the catch. He's super physical. He's very trusted, but really they can just scheme him up and go make him break a tackle. There's not many wide receivers in the league that you can do that with. So Puka... Over the last month, he's the wide receiver seven and wide receiver six usage. Somehow, even in this game, Cooper Cup had more expected points in this one. Cooper Cup did bust, unfortunately, had a bad game, was certainly banged up throughout this one as well. But Puka Nakua is not just a stats god. He is a very real player. I think we need to take him extremely serious, Uh, not just for the fantasy finals, but into the NFL playoffs. The Rams certainly have a very real chance to sneak in there. Uh, just need to win uh, a game or two and get a little help from the Packers and the Seahawks losing games,
0: and they'll be in there. And that's a scary team to see in in the wildcard round, that's for sure. And just as we saw Tutu Atwell pop up at the start of the season without Cooper Cup, we are seeing Demarcus Robinson pop up as his team's (laughs) truly wide receiver three. And, you know, they're in 11 personnel a ton of the time. And, I mean, it it truly is one of those situations where a journeyman, a middling talent can get elevated by – coaching and by quarterback play and that's what we're seeing from demarcus robinson in a big way just to close up this conversation he is not the athlete that aj brown is but Nakua, in terms of like physicality in one-on-one situations and creating that sliver of separation or still winning at the catch point has some like aj brown-esque factors he's obviously just not going to you know break that one tackle and break a 60-yard play as often as the other guy does yeah, he, we might have to do a, a top 10 NFL wide receiver show in this offseason because
1: I, I will make the case.
0: Shout out to Sean McVay. What a great coaching job. And then uh, the seventh seed right now, according to the numbers, is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, it is not as smooth sailing for this team. They Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Felt like once again needed another drive with the final 330. I think it was 75 yards, 14 plays by Geno Smith. In the end, they get there, Hayden. And uh, what are you seeing from the Seattle Seahawks right now? Just
1: JSN improving. He's now wide receiver 34. He's certainly in the mix. DK Metcalf capable of big games, but Geno Smith really just saved them in that final drive here. Uh, Kenneth Walker, he's been kind of stuck in this like nine to 10 expected points game, so they have a lot of weapons. They don't have like a bona fide fantasy superstar at this point because things are spread a little thin. It's not the most perfect team. Their defense, we thought, like, like, I mean, like week six, somewhere in there, we got De- uh, Devin Witherspoon and Jamal Adams back, and they traded for defensive linemen. We're like, all of a sudden, this defense might be pretty good. They're just not, they're actually really bad. So that's just kind of making them less scary in the playoffs versus like the Matthew Stafford Rams are. And Gina Smith, a little bit more inconsistent this season versus like Matthew Stafford, who's basically a top ten, top five quarterback right now. So that's kind of the difference between these two teams uh, in the NFC West.
0: The rest of their schedule, the Pittsburgh Steelers at home and then at the Arizona Cardinals to close it out. Winnable. Yeah. Very winnable. Very winnable. Um, Stood out to me. I know you said the 10 or 11 expected points range, but obviously Kenneth Walker here, 16 carries 54 yards. Doesn't sound like a lot, but once again, we got like two awesome touches out of him. Um, So Zach Charbonnet also coming off an injury, but also just relegated to spot duty uh, in comparison to at points this year, people believing that this was going to be a split backfield. It absolutely is not.
1: Uh, just in case people think that like Zach Charbonnet is like taking over at goal line carries, he got two line two goal line carries, but that was like in a very interesting part of the game. Like, basically, it was just the two minute drive and Charbonnet mixed in. Charbonnet is a two minute guy, but like you said, Kenneth Walker absolutely eating in every other situation in Seattle.
0: Did want to just circle back quickly with the loss in this Rams and say that I think Cooper Cup's performance highlights how high variance. Playoff fancy football can be, you know, where two targets inside the 10 in the red zone in the end zone Just fingertips inches away and that changes it again from hey This is the guy that you need to if you had him. There's no chance you advance. He had 21.5 expected points. Yep That's the game. That's the lovely game we fall in love with. Okay, those are the 15 teams that we opened with today Now we can go team by team in alphabetical order the rest of the way. And that's going to kick things off with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, They need some wide receiver help. And you could even say that with, you know, Marquise Brown being on this roster because he has been injured. And even when he was healthy, things were not efficient with Kyler Murray, but Hayden, it stands out when I'm watching these games, it's like third, nine, third, and 12, third and 17. And it's one of those situations, and you can say with many teams out there that it just feels like Kyler is not comfortable, not necessarily trusting his guys, but when like Rondell Moore is your go to player, 12 plus yards on the field, uh, it's no bueno.
1: Yeah, it's it's Rondell Moore or Greg Dort. That's not a good sign. Uh, though right now, the Cardinals have the second, 16th, 34th, 66th, 69th, 81st overall picks in the upcoming draft. Uh, so they will get somebody potentially like Marvin Harrison who could like walk into like top. 12 top 15 overall NFL wide receivers on day one. So uh, this is a team that's showing some fight. Kyler Murray, very inconsistent this year coming off of that torn ACL sad performance from Trey McBride in this one. The volume was generally there, but just could not get the chunk plays. He's still the tight end three on tight end four, uh usage this month. Um, yeah, this team just lacking talents. It's year one in a full blown rebuild. They've been probably more competitive Than most people expected this year but uh this team is definitely earning their their current second overall pick
0: their willpower their quotes everything they've said coming out of that team is going to be probably tested in april hayden by having the number two overall pick potentially and if they are going to stick with kyler murray if people want to in arizona learn more about drake may just posted a video with colt mccoy 40 minutes ended up being 40 minutes Wow. So go and watch that. Okay. Atlanta Falcons up next. And hey, look at that. Keeping the faith in Bijan Robinson pays off. We highlighted it in stats versus film. Obviously, base personnel defense stack boxes against the Panthers at a 52% rate. That is not Bijan's game. Indianapolis Colts played base defense personnel around 19% of the time. Guess what? Bijan Robinson, 12 carries, 72 yards. Leading receiver with 10 targets, 7 receptions. And 50 yards, Hayden, what'd you think? Season high, 22.4 expected points. I mean, uh, this is why
1: people watch the show. I, I know, but unfortunately, uh, all the Bijan uh, managers were eliminated after about a one-point performance in the quarterfinals. So that's fantasy football for you. Bijan Robinson is uh, very good, definitely out in space. Um, he is bottom three in that short yard success rate uh, when I was talking about with Tony Pollard uh, earlier in the show. So they have some things to work Work on with him. They did get Tyler Algier obviously going in this one. I didn't think that Heineke did anything right or wrong necessarily in this game, kind of just mediocre and just Bijan out in space was kind of the answer. So um I think they're definitely a tier below the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but it was at least nice to see Bijan get going out in space. He's certainly one of the better players
0: in the league. If you are still in your fantasy football playoffs, and if you are still nervous about starting B. John Robinson. The Chicago Bears play base personnel at the 12th highest rate in the NFL at 23%. But again, that is drastically different than the 52% that let you down uh, back in week 15. Carolina Panthers up next. Um, best performance on offense for this entire season. Did you get to watch this game, Hayden? I have not watched this
1: one. I'm excited to watch this one in the offseason when we review Bryce Young's tape and entirely. I did see it was his highest EPA game, the first game in positive category there. And he I saw some highlights. He certainly made some plays on the run. And that was kind of like the big thing that I was hoping for. Like he, he needs to make a couple plays at least for the next year or two when they are looking for some some playmakers. Um
0: shout out DJ Chark. <laughs> Came out of nowhere. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, have been hypercritical. Sure. DJ Chark this year, but for good reason. We have literally showed you the tape of why we have been critical of him. But yes, in this game, eight targets, six receptions, 98 <laughs> yards, and two scores. Yeah, Bryce showing 23-36, 312, two touchdowns. If you go through Hayden and watch it from start to finish, okay. he actually misses like all but two throws in the first quarter and then plays nearly flawless football mm-hmm. for the final three quarters. Um, but to me, that is like a perfect microcosm of – what happened in this game where yes, Joe Barry's defense has been brutal all season, but we've talked about with the Panthers that they've had, let's say league worst or bottom three offensive line play at times coaching. The dude got fired. That was calling the place and wide receiver play. And so when you face a struggling defense all season long, then those league worst elements can become like league average. And so sure. to me, this shows what a quarterback can do when many elements around him, the environment, becomes average at the very least. Yeah, that,
1: it's a it's a good starting point. They have nothing really to play for right now. They're, the first pick is probably going to the Bears regardless here. So, um, yeah, it, it, this team needs to show a little fight. Bryce Young can show a little bit of playmaking, and then you can ride into the offseason with a story to tell because this team needs to at least tell a story to get the head coach that they want.
0: Chicago bears are up next. They are the holders of that number one overall selection. And Hayden, I mean, I, I think again, it was almost an imper- a perfect capsulation of like Justin Fields as a player who, mm-hmm. you know, nine carries 97 yards, one touchdown, I believe it was like that rushing score fairly early on. They felt like they were going to dominate this game in the first quarter in the first half. And then that end zone interception that he threw kind of allowed the Arizona Cardinals to have some life in the game. It's it's the same player. And typically when we get
1: into year three, year four, uh, players don't change all that much. So, yeah, Justin Fields, electric playmaker, I believe he was the quarterback one overall this week. We talked about how good of a matchup this was going into the week. So he's kind of a matchup-based quarterback. You're playing the Browns. The pressure stuff is really going to cause trouble when you're playing the Cardinals, things are obviously much easier, especially uh, in the ground game as well. So um, we have some tape from Khalil Herbert, who is like not the perfect player, but I love his just explosiveness totally. in general. He he balances things quite a bit, but it did pay off in this one. Obviously, the Cardinals are a team to attack defensively. So, yeah, Bears are not a good team. They're at least showing some fight down the stretch here, but – um, the Bears, I if I were the Bears, I'd probably be grinding some Drake May and Caleb Williams tape still.
0: We get plenty of questions on Sunday morning about Roshan Johnson. I was hesitant to like give him my full backing, you know, despite right. Deontay Foreman being out. And it was for this very reason that, you know, when reviewing that Minnesota Vikings game, which I think a lot of Roshan truthers are attaching themselves to, um, to me, it was matchups based, right? Pass pro, receiving, all that stuff. And so I was extremely nervous for those people that Cleo Herbert could come in here and take the lion's share of the work because he missed that contest. Right. And he did 20 carries 112 yards, one touchdown. Um, and then Cole Komet Hayden, I think Denny tweeted like over the last two or three weeks, Cole Komet is the leader in air yards among all tight ends across the league.
1: Yeah. They'll, they'll throw him up some, uh, some downfield hucks. Obviously that's what Justin Fields wants to do. Um, yeah. Cole Komet also like that's a perfect encapsulation. He's not the perfect player. He's a good enough player. Yeah. He's, he's a piece to build with. He's not a piece that's going to completely dif- uh, make be a difference maker. DJ Moore is that type of guy. He was playing through an injury like immediately. In and out. It looked yeah. like he was going to be like completely ruled out immediately. It was like that fearful of an injury. was at least able to grind out there for some snaps, but clearly that's like a
0: huge part of their offense. Yes. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals are up next. Um, talk to me about Cincinnati. What do you want to say about them? Because unfortunately, the Jake Browning, high just as we posted a video about him, as tends to happen on scheme, uh, hits a bit of a skid, does throw for 335 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions.
1: Well, I mean, it was T Higgins yards after the catch, is yes, basically <laughs> the only that I can, like <laughs> even right home about. So, yeah, I think Jake Browning was, I would say, getting away with things, definitely like the mechanics guy, definitely could like read things out appropriately, but there's just limitations to his game and like previously a lot of well-designed screens and a couple of broken tackles got him home. And then obviously he got that here with T Higgins, but uh, without Jamar chase with that shoulder injury, things obviously are going to look much tougher. So this is a, a more of an appropriate game for the Bengals. They're still in the mix here, but they need some things to go their way. Um,
0: yeah. they're missing their best player. You know, I would be more interested in the Cincinnati Bengals making the playoffs with them being eight and seven right now. If this defense was playing to the yeah. degree it has been the previous two years, but it fell off a cliff this yeah. year, you New know, or two. Yep. So it's, uh, it's just not going to happen for them and that's fine. Just hopefully we get like Joe Burrow in training camp next season, you know, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, real quick, Joe
1: Mixon, his usage the last two weeks is kind of stabilized like a RB two. the previous two games with, with Jake Browning. He looked like, uh, Barry Sanders out there I think he's more of a boom bust RB two, and we should not make him more than what it is
0: Denver Broncos I open with a question Hayden do you think that Sean Payton is working with Russell Wilson or around Russell Wilson
1: I mean I think he's not going to work with Russell Wilson going into next year because they will cut <laughs> him, if that answers your question um there's just no way Sean Payton looks at this and wants to guarantee uh, 2025 money. And that's basically the decision the Broncos have to have. He's not consistent enough, man. Like, no. he's, he's capable of throwing the ball up to Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's made some fantastic plays this season, but like the down to down consistency is just not there. And we've seen it with just the Broncos' uh, decision to run the ball in neutral situations throughout this entire season. And they're choosing to run the ball and they're not even a good ground team. Like, Javante Williams has not been the same player coming off of his injury, and they're still would rather run the ball. They'll get your guy, Julian McLaughlin involved a little bit. And this one, um, yeah, Russ is just like, it's not the same.
0: No, he played like total crap until 11 minutes to go. Let's be real. I mean, you can't play like he did in the pocket. No. For the first three quarters, he was dropping his eyes, doing the hokey pokey, and then trying to launch the ball downfield or check it down. And like Sean Payton, who goes from Drew Brees to that, like, this is not the style of offense he wants to live in. Like we talked about with Kevin Stefanski of, okay, rhythm on script. I'm going to tell you, hit your drop, throw it to this shoulder, so on and so forth. Sean Payton wants to live in that world. And you just physically cannot with Russell Wilson as your quarterback right now. I completely agree. And then obviously Cortland Sutton leaves early with that one.
1: It leaves like Jerry, Judy, Brandon Johnson, Troutman, this tight end Kroll. I mean, it's (laughs) the depth is just not there. Um, Marvin Mims is always around for, like, a, a random big Had player. Had a brutal
0: fumble in this but
1: game. But con- there's a reason why he's not a full-time player, you yep. know?
0: Yeah. And, look, maybe he is heading into next year. You know, they lose Jerry in free agency, almost certainly. And, and I, I know people can look at the stats and be like, oh, 238 yards and two touchdowns. Why are you hating on Russell Wilson? I would say go watch. And, like, we've highlighted Russ in, like, fun ways this year. You know, they obviously opened the season abysmally. But – he had some of those magical let Russ cook moments, um, especially in the second half. But it again, when you have time to reset in an off season and you actually have choices to make again, someone in Sean Payton who you trade draft picks for um, does not want to live in the Russell Wilson world. And that's pretty obvious. I agree. Okay. Green Bay Packers up next. They're on the opposite end of that Carolina Panthers affair. Uh we saw no Jaden Reed. We n- saw no Christian Watson. And in their absences, we saw a chalk, Dontavian Wicks touchdown. But more importantly, Hayden, we saw what we were expecting in 21 carries for 127 yards for Aaron Jones.
1: Aaron Jones in the last two games, 17.7 and then 20.2 expected points. He hasn't like completely gone off on those, but those are elite. RB one numbers. Uh, this last game was with AJ Dillon. This team does not like AJ Dillon. And, and if they don't have Jaden Reed and Christian Watson to scheme up things, well, guess what? Aaron Jones is your next best bet. So this is a very functional offense, uh, in general. So I do think that Aaron Jones has like some like DFS appeal, um, down the stretch, kind of a buy low guy, but, um, Romeo Dobbs gets home here. Wicks at least gets, uh, in the box here, but is, kind Of just a middling performance just in general from a team that still has a chance to make the playoffs, they need some things yeah. to go right with the Seahawks and the Rams and stuff. They're still very live, need to win out certainly. But, um, and I would actually even like to see this team in the playoffs. I think it's kind of Same. a feisty
0: team, really young team, and um, just a little bit inconsistent this year, yeah. And I think even if they don't make the playoffs, this has been a positive year for the mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers, you know. Uh, almost certainly, they move away from their defensive coordinator, uh, and almost certainly. These players who really could take the first half of the season of the Green Bay Packers offense mm-hmm. and call it disheveled, call it uh, chaotic. That you know players that know exactly in the positions they were going to be to the second half of the season, and it feels like it's all gelling to a much better degree. Um, now I would I mean, be I, I would be excited about this team and Hayden. It's going to be fun trying to organize how to draft them and stack them in drafts this summer.
1: It it will be, but even before we get to the fantasy draft, the NFL draft, the Packers have the twelfth, fortieth, forty third overall picks. I bet all three of them will be on the defensive side of the ball. You can't. But they've the spent
0: so many first round picks on defense already that it, to He's me it has to mud. be the play caller.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's got to be everything. But they need they need more talent out there as well. It's yeah, it's a mess.
0: I think some offensive linemen might be in their future too. True. Okay, Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. Uh, I have a clip. From Antonio Pierce that I'll pull up, Hayden. Wow. First, okay. when you watch, what'd you see again, other than not a single completion after the end of the first 15 minutes?
1: Yeah, I mean, just fight. You just you this that game felt like Antonio Pierce was your head coach. <laughs> so this team just shows a lot of fight. Uh Aiden O'Connell wasn't very good. Zamir White grinded his way to a bunch of yards in this one as well. Uh Josh Jacobs, it was really disappointing that. Antonio Pierce, if there was a, sh- a shot I could have at Antonio Pierce. He let us on that Josh Jacobs was going to play in this one, and then on Monday uh, we learned that he's not going to play, so that was uh, pretty weak, but yeah, this team is just in the mix. They're fighting right now. I do think that a win like this makes Antonio Pierce the favorite to be the head coach, um, and we'll see if what they do with Josh Jacobs because Zamir White at least looks like somewhat functional, and Josh Jacobs is a free agent. It's
0: coming and you know that what you're doing. When I know you know that I
1: know and they know and we know and everybody knows on Christmas instead of do it.
0: That's good football. That's good yeah, football. Run the ball. I mean it is evident where we talk about running back handcuffs replacements at the position that you know Josh Jacobs is a mere white is there's a talent gap there but it's so obvious that like the identity of what they want this team to be starts with the head coach. We talk about character and identity all the time and that the demand, despite having Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and so on and so forth, the demand is run the football until they stop it. And so whoever is out there, we know that we need to start them in our lineups. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I love when it's very clean. There's too many
1: Me too. fantasy conundrums out there. When we when Antonio Pierce tells us the running back is getting the
0: rock, I will listen. The Jack Jones story is Jack Jones or is it Marcus yeah. Jones? Jack Jones. Jack Jones. Pretty crazy story where obviously he gets cut by the New England Patriots Antonio Pierce was his high school coach. And so brings him back and then gets a pick six off Patrick Mahomes. Jack Jones almost fought my brother
1: in a, a seven on seven uh, at that high school. Shout out Long Beach Pauly.
0: Lost into the Chargers. Nowhere else can you get stories like that. Um, simulate to end. It's, it's
1: really bad. It's really bad. Austin Eckler is still like their clear number one in this one. Not that that really matters. I'm curious to see if Keenan Allen is out for the year with this heel injury, or if he, what this this situation is there. But Josh Palmer can mix and match enough. Gerald Everett mix and match enough. But like,
0: this team's dust. It it gave. It went from such a amazing season for pieces of the team, mainly Keenan Allen, right, was having Mm -hmm. a top ten season, no matter what. To now, it's just fizzling out. But that's what happens, obviously, when Coaching changes happen, injuries happen, so on and so forth. Any projection from you? And we have plenty of off-seasons to talk about this, off season shows, of like what an Austin Eckler market might look like.
1: I don't think it'll be a big one. You know, I think like have a whoever like has a big RB1 and like you just need to pass down guy is kind of how I would attack it. But that's it's one year contract, certainly. It's probably incentives laid in um i haven't really thought about uh exactly you know who i would like to see okay Cincinnati Bengals okay Chase Brown and, and Austin Eckler
0: oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> fair i was thinking Joe Mixon but you know yeah we know that Joe yeah. Mixon is not going to be there
1: yeah i have an offseason column about to to post so okay
0: Minnesota Vikings so Justin Jefferson made some unreal plays i mean it felt like. Was it last season when it was a prayer by Kirk Cousins and he goes up and elevates? It was the same exact situation with Nick Mullins. And then in the dying seconds to potentially tie it, win it, whatever, uh, Nick Mullins, there's an absolute duck, dude, to lose this game. <laughs> and Kevin O'Connell is now publicly saying that, you know, we don't know what quarterback is going to start. He said it this year. Um, when we've heard other head coaches like Jonathan Gannon, you're like, oh, okay, man, we know who's going to be your starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. I legit don't know if Kevin O'Connell does. And I also think it is in his best interest to not let anyone know because playing Nick Mullins is very different than trying to game script against someone like Joshua Dobbs. And it could be Jaron Hall. Yeah, you know, like who knows
1: what it is? Yeah, the Justin Jefferson, these catches that we just showed are ludicrous, like the high points of like for somebody has bendy and such a good route runner and the speed he has for him to be also a contested catch guys like completely unfair. So I know he's been injured for large parts of the season, but he is still like the best wide receiver him and Tyreek in their own category. To me, Um, we did have some issues with Ty Chandler in this one. It basically didn't use the the running backs and Ty Chandler completely was whiffing on pass protection stuff. So like it can go from uh, when you have normal game scripts and you're handing the ball off and you're checking the ball. He looks fantastic. But when you're trying to earn bell cow work, he's just not there yet. So uh, there's a reason why these day three guys can flash. They have the bell cow size and all that stuff. And when we're like, why aren't they seeing the field? Then you get reminded with games like this one where they get a little bit exposed. But the quarterback play is not good enough. Obviously, we have huge storylines with the injuries on top of that, but the Ty Chandler stuff was a little bit frustrating. He only had like eight or nine touches.
0: Yeah, we had seen that in previous games where I was calling for more Ty Chandler, and then he blew a pass protection. I was like, again, this is why he's not playing. Uh Yeah, the the competition is
1: Alexander Madison. So, like the bar here for him to get on the field more. Like, we're not asking for a lot. Right. But this offseason, we'll see. We will see.
0: Uh, Um, And T.J. Hawkinson, ACL, MCL. Gonna miss the remainder of the season. This is why players hold out, you know. Remember the ear infection with TJ Hawkinson mm-hmm. during training camp? And then that led to a new deal and he gets it done prior to the season. Because even if you play at a pretty high level through 16 weeks, um, it can happen anytime. It could have happened in training camp. It could have happened in week one. And here it happened in week 16. And that's going to eat into his 2024 season as well.
1: Yeah, he's probably a pup candidate. Uh, we'll see what it looks like next year. We, we don't know who the quarterback's going to pl- uh, be this offseason, so the Vikings have lots of question marks right now. Uh, they have Justin Jefferson, but TJ Hawkins will see when he's going to be able to return. I don't love multi-ligament injuries, it's something we talk about a lot on this show. And then on top of that, Jordan Addison leaves this game as well. So a uh, really disappointing finish. The Vikings showed a lot of heart. They won some games they should not have won yeah. when you're – quarterback was playing at like a borderline top 10 level pops his Achilles and you still are winning some games that shows that Kevin O'Connell could really coach but at this point you start refreshing you're like where's like the best
0: players right now totally it would be a win this offseason if they're able to keep Brian Flores as their defense coordinator because no no doubt that team can gel that side of the ball even more heading into Mm -hmm. next year because they have as the season has gone along improved some talents out there too and obviously we are big fans of kevin o'connell as an offensive play caller so just like have a normal season
1: yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a challenging offseason i
0: think it'll be one of the teams that we want to talk about the most in our offseason shows for sure okay New the patriots up next i feel like i talk about these names a lot but I kind of wish we could take half of the excitement for Wandale Robinson and give it on over to DeMario (laughs) Douglas because they are like Spider-Man memeing looking at each other, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, We talked about it on Sunday morning. The wild people over in the underdog pick lobby had Izzy (laughs) Hoellett projected for 102 and a half total yards. Uh, He doesn't get there. He gets – 60 total yards, but Hayden, he does have 12 carries for 27 and then nine catches for 33 yards, one hurdle and one score.
1: Yeah. He still was a smash running back for fantasy purposes, but even without the yards, because he catches every single dump off pass. They have nobody to throw the ball to it's, it's pop Douglas in at Zeke. We have Hunter Henry missing. Obviously none of the wide receivers mean anything to this offense aside from pop Douglas. So yeah, pop Douglas is a guy that I want to study this off season to kind of evaluate if he's going to be an actual starter, moving forward if this was just kind of a last call we need somebody to throw the ball to but yeah uh patriots now uh with that one they are now fourth in uh the current draft order they're tied with the commanders in record right now so that win did mean a lot for which types of wider or wide receiver prospects off the line prospects or quarterback Quarterback prospects prospects that you're evaluating
0: Because Bailey Zappi is not the quarterback here in 2024. We already know Mac Jones is not. So now they have to live in the quarterback market that so many other teams are going to be living. Most likely. Most likely. Who knows what happens these next few weeks. Um, I will add, the Patriots obviously have a bad record. There's so many rumors flying around that Bill Belichick will be traded away this offseason. This team is still playing hard. You know? And especially the defense. I mean, five sacks on Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. Um, They are not an easy out right now. So, antenna up, obviously, for at the Buffalo Bills and against the New York Jets the final two weeks when having players playing this Patriots defense because despite missing and losing, arguably, their two best defensive players all season long other than Christian Barmore. This team is still playing at a really high level on that side of the ball. Barmore was a freak in this one as as well. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Fighting. New Orleans Saints. So... What do you want to say about the Saints? Obviously, put up 22 points. Um, Derek Carr, 27 of 40, 319, three touchdowns. Was it really that good?
1: Yeah. Um, Olave is now back into the top 20 conversation, like very much so. He's a wide receiver 14, wide receiver 16 usage this month. Still no signs of Michael Thomas coming back in this one. Rashichi, he'd obviously can get downfield for some random spike weeks. To me, like the big fantasy storyline. In this one, Taysom Hill, still not very involved. He's a tight end 19 in usage this month. Uh, They're getting like Jawan Johnson types in there, Jimmy Graham types in there. So there's a lot uh, to go around. Uh, Foster Moreau as well. So that's four tight ends I just named uh, on the Saints that are still in the mix there. So it's just like, it's a really
0: odd team, you know? Like, I I don't have a good feel for him. No. I just don't like him. I feel like the Saints fans hate, love their team at this moment and they are who they are mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. a is a really good player shaheed obviously gets here with five receptions 70 yards and a score and yeah these late season jawan johnson touchdowns uh, don't hit quite as well as they could have i don't know in weeks one two and three when we had some super high hopes of them thanks for his training camp performances yeah but those they
1: still count in best ball the
0: adam <laughs> well <laughs> maybe it would have helped your team get to this point
1: get unique <laughs> what if Jawan johnson's the guy you need next week
0: when i said that he had a chance of leading all tight ends and touchdowns this season hayden i meant in the fantasy football playoffs yes and there's also a bold prediction show where nothing could be held accountable correct new york giants uh speaking of held accountable tommy devito after the streak that he was on just got the plug pulled out from him uh in halftime and for good reason like again i think brian dayball is a solid coach and a good coach. And they probably at halftime got together and said, look, there are some things that we could be attacking that DeVito is not going nine for 16. And so putting Tyrod Taylor out there gives us a better chance of winning. And it was true. My parents hosted Christmas
1: dinner and they chose Italian food for dinner because of Tommy cutlets. We had (laughs) cutlets, we had meatballs. uh, We had lasagna, we had the whole thing. So Tommy cutlets did let us down here. uh, But a hell of a dinner. At my parents' place, uh, Darius Slayton gets over the top, he pops off. Darren Waller duds again here, so this team just doesn't have any talent. Uh, Tyler Taylor out there just he's always just mixing it like he's throwing the yeah. ball downfield. I think, I believe right now he's number one in PFF's big time throw rate. If you like dwindle down the sample, um, so yeah, we'll see, we'll
0: see who they decide at quarterback. Not that it really matters, New York Jets, uh, aka. The New York Brees Halls, I mean, what a day. What a day our guy had. 20 carries, 95 yards, 2 scores, 16 targets, mm-hmm. 12 receptions, 96 yards. Uh, Hayden, this was a flag, flag plant for me. Let's put it that way. A flag plant all offseason. And uh, it paid off in a huge spot in the semifinals. A uh, big call from me uh, going into to this week, at least.
1: Uh, Brees Hall, this was the second highest expected points game from any player this year, only behind the week two performance from Tony Pollard, where he got stuffed at the goal line, I don't know, like nine times. So, yeah, he was a he was a freaky dude. Uh, this Jets team, too, I mean, nobody would have predicted this. They had a 90% neutral pass rate in this one. They were just checking the ball down to Brees Hall consistently. Um, I'm kind of starting to mix in my 2024, way too early fantasy rankings. And Brees Hall might be top five overall for yep. me. That's yeah. the type of guy we're looking at.
0: I mean, over 1,000 yards a season, well over it now. And whenever we talked about Brees Hall this offseason, the question was raised, who coming off an ACL has had a productive next season? My answer, and the only answers, were Adrian Pearson and Jamal Charles. And so, again, love the commenters that we have. I got into many discussions, I'm sure, that you saw secondhand, Hayden, of, okay, if those are the only ones, how can we expect Brees Hall to do it? And one youth is on his side. It was a clean tear. So those are different than obviously many other ACLs that are compounded with other ligaments. And just think that we got that this season with Zach Wilson, Tommy Doyle, and yeah. Trevor Simeon at quarterback yeah. and what things would look like next year with uh, with Aaron Rodgers in the fold. And I mean, just look <laughs> at this passing chart.
1: It felt like that. Like this was them saying, we can't run the ball between uh, the tackles because of our offensive line. So let's at least give... Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, some chances. This like an unserious offense, but they did have a good game. I also, I will also add with this with Brees Hall is watching him on tape. I didn't see the same elusiveness side to side that I saw from him from a rookie season coming off this ACL tear. And that's kind of typically the story we see uh, the first year coming back. I think next year he will be more elusive out in space than what he showed this this past season so i think next year we should be extremely optimistic the fact that he just was able to survive this season that the jets were being smart with him uh and hopefully he earned the trust of aaron Rodgers, uh who certainly well, they're practicing the
0: together right now at least yeah how could you how could you deny the chemistry woody johnson came out on christmas day saying that robert salah and joe douglas will be back next season and you know that with aaron Rodgers with what he witnessed with his offensive line this year and how many other injuries they've had, that that is going to be a big investment. Like, let's remember, he legit, and he can say it didn't happen, legit had a checklist of players that they needed to sign. I bet he has a checklist this offseason of what positions they need to upgrade, and offensive line will surely be at the top of that list.
1: Hopefully it's younger players, not <laughs> Dalvin Cook and Randall Cobb and stuff. Let's like them good.
0: bring in David Bakhtiari, man. Watch them. Dude. That's a good call. It's happening. (laughs) It's still (laughs) happening. Wow. Or watch them like forced to trade their first round pick for Devontae Adams, which could be really fun. Actually. Okay. Pittsburgh Steelers, three teams to go Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so Kenny Pickett was eyeing this week as a return from his injury, but he is not going to be the starting quarterback despite being somewhat healthy. According to Ian Rappaport, uh, Mike Tomlin is sticking with Mason Rudolph after a 17 of 27, 290 yard and two touchdown performance. It just makes you wonder if this is the Rudolph narrative and if, if you can carry this to week 17. Eight.
1: I would just announce George Pickens as my quarterback and see what happens. He was, I mean, it's just, it's hard because Matt Canada was bad. The offensive line has been bad. Uh, George Pickens is still not the best player. But the talent, the raw talent, is still so special to me. That yard after the catch play, uh, he obviously makes some incredible sideline plays. Gets his feet and butt on the ground on deep passes as well. So uh, I'm excited to see what the Steelers do this off to see uh, how high I can get George Pickens' optimism of. Just he's just so special as a player when he's on, and obviously he's coming off a brutal week. Uh, with the media, rightfully so, by the way, for the lack of effort he showed uh, blocking the ball. Um, But George Pickens, the talent, is undeniable. So he only had, like, it was still under 10 expected points here, but when you're breaking off 60-yard touchdowns, like, the model can't really predict that. Good news is, I got
0: eyeballs, and I know he's good. Great tweet from For Whom J. Bell Tolls. George Pickens has played 832 snaps this season, 31%. Of his fantasy production has come on four plays, <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> we could call them out right now. Obviously, like two, it felt like this past week in the Cincinnati Bengals, there was that you no know, the field route that he ran caught, lit yep. the house on so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, like a stable environment. Again, environments impact players, hundred percent. Especially this the is, yes, this is my conclusion, one of many from the season, and George Pickens year three young guy who knows what can happen this he he could be a nominee of because we're gonna do one of these shows obviously this offseason of hey who are your post-hype flag plants heading into this year michael pittman was obviously mine heading into this year but george pickens will be a name i think that can be nominated for that heading into next year
1: yeah i completely agree uh also jalen warren was kind of one of the guys pointing the finger at George Pickens for not blocking for him uh, last week. And then Each I mean, day. he, he absolutely Each lit day. up a linebacker for a, a touchdown for Calvin Austin.
0: So shout out Jalen Warren. Shout out Jalen Warren. Okay. Tennessee Titans up next again. It was so close to add another win to the column for them. I thought they played better football than the Seahawks for three and a half quarters. Uh, and this was with Ryan Tannehill, just 152 yards from them. Uh, we did see a pretty significant split between Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears. 19 carries, 81 yards and a score. Tajay Spears, 9 for 40. Um, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry did throw a touchdown pass to Chig Oquanquo. And DeAndre Hopkins just doesn't get there. 4, 2, and 20. And when I'm watching Traylon Burks, just hopefully he can get healthy this offseason because he's another of these players that just seemingly can't stride out when running.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm worried about Traylon Burks, um, for sure. Um, so I, I think I'd rather have like George Pickens, uh, buy a on him than like Traylon Burks, like unquestionably, um, Derek Henry. Yeah. Like you said, like, even with the Titans out of the playoff picture, like he's still face of the franchise gets all the volume. Uh, he is a monster out there. And then obviously people are going to try to get really pumped about Chiga Quanquo but like that was this touchdown. <laughs> it was a broken play. Uh, trick play from Derrick Henry so uh, didn't really have like a strong take on on Ryan Tannehill or anybody else this team's just kind of like uh,
0: getting through the season right now yeah and if Will Levis can play I would expect Will Levis to play the rest of the way because obviously that is the direction they're going in and as we have talked about with the Minnesota Vikings with the New England Patriots they are these teams that are kind of in quarterback purgatory Ryan Tannehill could be the starter for one of those teams Mm in the Falcons for example yes getting into next year do you
1: do you think Derrick Henry is will be signed and deserves to be signed as a one year rental starting good question in, running back? I, I would say yes. I think he showed me I'm I mean, Not a a true difference maker, but I still think he can be like your lead
0: back. Okay, right now running back contracts. So average per year, CMC making sixteen million. Alvin Kamara fifteen, JT fourteen, and right after that is Derrick Henry's current contract at 12.5 obviously he's not going to get 12.5 million hmm. next year but I mean I don't think you can copy and paste what Dalvin Cook got just prior to this season because that was fluky timing Aaron Rodgers. and we have this much money Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and that was only 7 million you know yeah. so then we get into like you know the Miles Sanders tier which is 6.3 so I'm wondering how much Derek Henry is going to make but yes, among that group, I think he goes into a team next year as like the clear one and not a 1A versus 1B scenario. Yeah, uh, 6 to eight
1: million million, one one to two
0: years, um, see what happens. I, I think he deserves that kind of range, though. Okay. Weird question here because I'm looking at these contracts and obviously Tony Pollard's figure stands out at 10.9 or just 10 flat. He's only 26 years old. Obviously, Derrick Henry is up there at 30 years old. They are quite different players, but – Based on this season, could we see a Cowboys team not want to pay Tony Pollard and instead maybe pivot on over to someone like Derek Henry in free agents?
1: If they like good running backs, then yes, they should. They should do that. Tony that Pollard would be a I mean, fun you know. team. Talk about grad not being able to graduate his workload. It, yeah. That was Tony Pollard this year. How about, how about this? Austin Eckler on, on third downs and Derek Henry <laughs> on early downs. Package deal. <laughs> One more year. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's a package deal. Love that. Okay, we close things out with the uh, Washington Commanders. And I'll quickly lead things off at the running back position because, again, people keep wanting to make Antonio Gibson a thing, and he is just not a thing. Uh, nine carries, 30 yards, one touchdown. Meanwhile, Chris Rodriguez, the fifth-round rookie that Ron Rivera and company love, 10 carries, 58 yards, and two scores. However, he leaves this game in a walking boot and might not be healthy heading into next, next week. And on top of that, Hayden, for the second consecutive week, Sam Howell gets benched, Jacob Brissett comes in, and Jacob Brissett just looks miles better. Ten completions, 100 yards, one touchdown.
1: Yeah, Sam Howell's not the answer. It was foolish that this current staff thought that he was the franchise guy way too early to tell. He's completely face-planted. He's like bottom in every single category. The sacks and turnovers are just too much to overcome, and he's not a big enough arm talent enough guy to make up the difference so yeah they have quarterback problems they're right now uh third in the pecking order so they can easily be a team that trades up with arizona a spot or two to make sure they get the drake may or caleb williams type and i think deservedly so for fantasy this week though yeah i'm with you we'll see if brian robinson or chris rodriguez is out there but they don't want to give antonio gibson the rock
0: they might have to this week. they might have to and i believe he is a free agent heading into this all season too and he's not going. He won't be back. No, he will not be back. Um, we will be back at some point. Um, our typical Wednesday show is not happening on schedule in terms of rankings and tiers. I will be driving all day tomorrow, North Carolina, back up to Brooklyn. So you will have a condensed three ranking slash tier shows into let's say two days mm-hmm. over Thursday and Friday. So I apologize, but thank you for. Allowing us to spend some extra time with our families. Yes, holiday season.
1: That was very nice. What What are you getting on the way home? Chick fil A. What's What's on the menu?
0: What's What's the What's the pecking order? Good question. On the way down, the wife drove down with me. Ooh. on the way back, she did not. She is she not. Is she ever
1: driving you around in the car? Are you
0: always uh, on the way down. She drove for two hours because I had nice. to watch Aston Villa on my phone. Wow, but that's it. I, I prefer driving. I have. Yeah. So do I a uh, a dad style Volvo XC60 okay. that has basically self driving you just have to like keep your hand nice. on it. Nice. And so I I go through the back roads, 81 and all that stuff through like Virginia, West Virginia, all that. Mm-hmm. And so I just like keep a hand on it one car length behind and just roll. Wow. You yeah. not bring you don't bring the scooter down and the helmet. I've <laughs> <laughs> be I a long scooter ride. 400 miles. That'd be a long ride <laughs> with the dog in like a backpack. Yeah. Way. yeah, it's like a um, uh, dumb and dumber. <laughs> all right. We appreciate you all. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Sorry about my echo. Sorry about the audio. Sorry about me looking in every which way with a little laptop and the camera up here. But we did it. The content is out there, and it's for you all to consume. All right. For Hayden, four Weez, up the villa. Tough loss today. Talk to you all soon. See ya.